Welcome to a Mental Moment Podcast. By nature, the world is always interested in the point of view of a woman during childbirth. I mean, duh, we do give birth to the little rascals. I mean, adorable babies and carry them for nine months. (laughs) But do you ever wonder what really goes on mentally from a male's perspective during childbirth? Hmm. On today's episode, we speak with Josh Alexander, a seasoned father, and Chris P.A., a father-to-be out of Atlanta, Georgia. We thought we would grace you with the best of both worlds on their perspective of the uncertainty of childbirth with our mother-to-be, Jaya Huntley. It's time to have a mental moment with Jaya and C. Tune in now. You don't want to miss it. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Breathe it before you blow it, don't hold it in. Posture or pretend, just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment, hey, all you need is a mental moment. Take a second and you'll notice. Free your time, ease your mind. Stay in tune with what's brewing inside. A mental moment, hey, all you need is a mental moment. A mental moment with Jaya and C. Hello to our beautiful listeners. Thank you guys for joining us. Today, we're going to talk, be talking about <laughs> the uncertainty of childbirth from a man's point of view. So today we have none other, finally, Josh, who is our, our sound engineer. And then we have Chris on the show again as well. So welcome, fellas. Josh, it's finally good to see to have you on, and Chris, it's good to you know be back on the show. Yeah, it's nice to come from behind that that curtain. You know what I mean, right? But you always want the pretty faces to lead the way, and you know. Yeah, yeah. but we got you know we got to have some men on the show too. So let's just hop right into it. For those who do not know, Josh is a father um, of three, thankful, you know, three. God willing, and then Ooh. Chris. Chris is about to be a new a new dad. How you feel about that, Chris? I feel good. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's 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 put the feelings all out there. So, Chris, I would ask you, what are your feelings on becoming a new dad? I am nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it, though. I think the only nerves come from like that, and I guess just stories being projected like that. What is it, Josh? Maybe like the first five or six months of like no sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm worried about that and then I'm also worried about like, child care I don't really I don't trust I, I don't think I would trust a lot of people with my child especially like very early on but I don't know I, I kind of have situations for it or yeah I have I have things that I'm worried about but then I also have solutions for each one I think but yeah. I've never done this before so I don't know how those things would turn out so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm all over the place it's all good <laughs> You took the words right out of my mind, man. I, I was thinking, I was like, from what I know, you're a very problem-solving-oriented problem person. You have solutions in mind already. So, you know, just implement things. The first thing probably won't work, <laughs> and it's a try and error thing. You figure it out. You know, it's it's funny. So I, with the first pregnancy, you know, I guess to give it even more context, even more background to it. Yeah. My wife and I, we, this is the first person I've ever known in my life besides my brother and my sister. Um, mm-hmm. My sister babysit her when we were like, you know, in the hood, three years old, four years old. They tore them down. Tore down we spread out separate parts of the city and we, you know, cross paths every now and then, but we linked back up at 
you know, 24, 25 mm -hmm. officially. You know, we, we tried one time before that, but it was some, you know, some, let's just say political stuff in play. Uh -huh. <laughs> it didn't work out so well. But it, when it finally did work out, and I knew she was the person for me and found out about that, you know, that first baby coming, you know, she was, and I, I don't want to, I, I guess I don't want to divulge too much her story if she's going to share it too, but she was just like, she didn't know how to handle it. She was yeah. like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? Like we're in school right now. We're still finishing school at the moment. What we do, we hadn't, we hadn't officially jumped the broom just yet. So there was, yeah. there was that part of it, that element of it as well. And you know, it was a surreal moment for me because I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is what I've always kind of imagined or not even imagined because it's not as thing as a male, especially as a, in your twenties, you move, you may be moving a little differently. I know myself, I was, yeah. you know, I was having a great time when I imagined myself at 30, I was overseas, which I still will be overseas, you know, just playing the field and just doing whatever. I never, because I didn't grow up in a, in an environment that had many examples of marriage or families being together. It was always baby mom, baby daddy stuff, you know, even with my right. mom. And dad. Right. So I never even thought of it as like, okay, that's a good thing to do or it's solid or it makes sense. So I thought of, I was just always thinking of things in a different way. But when, when I found out that we were definitely expecting, it solidified my 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 wanting to to be with her for the rest of my life and definitely me wanting to set something up differently for my you know my family lineage you know just mm -hmm. that legacy when you was, it, all it takes is a generation or two of understanding and knowing that that's the way to do things and then that's it it's without question it's going to happen it was very hard to kind of pull myself in that direction because again I couldn't go to my dad for you know I had a couple role models in the extended family but it was something, you know, very, very uncertain and very nervous, as you said earlier. Just a scary kind of yeah. pressing, almost traumatic thing. It could be traumatic, you know. It, it definitely changes you. And I remember when it happened, I, I was still taking, I was still in classes. I was like, you know what? Give me 18 hours. I don't know what I was thinking. Good Give God, me Josh, hours. really? Because I was trying to, I was like, man, let me go ahead and wrap this up and get <laughs> out of here. Give I me the 18. I, that you I know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock this out real quick this semester. Give me the 18. Uh, I was singing with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra Chorus, and we were we were doing some traveling, like literally around the time that my my daughter was due. Uh -huh. um, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Whatever. I'm gonna just keep moving, and whatever falls falls. School fell hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just it really but you just you go through it because you don't know what's coming. Everyone is gonna tell you as you as you mentioned, Chris. Everybody just saying oh, well, you know, you're going to have to look forward to this and make sure you do this and make sure you do that. Just the, the wisdom of the elders coming to you. But that stuff looks so different with every child and with every person, every union. It's yeah. just, it's so different. It's wild, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that was some of the, the feelings I had early on on the front end. I mean, it's def it definitely goes to show like how much, you know, what men think about during this time and versus what women think about. Because I think, I mean, I think like as guys or as men who are like about to be fathers, they got other things in place compared to like what we're thinking about. I would say me, I'm thinking about, and those who don't know, like I am, you know, expecting and Chris is my fiance. So we are expecting, but I'm thinking about like, I would say more so thinking about labor, that whole, men, you know, that mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like when the time comes 
and I have to like endure all this pain, all these emotions. But again, like you, I'm trying to be mindful of, you know, what people like basing my story off of other people's stories and, you know, not allowing people to reject their, you know, their stuff onto me. Cause you know, I, I know what I want planned for when the time comes for us to, you know, expect you to receive in a sense. But I don't know. I'm kind of rambling. Josh brought up a great point too. So we, 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 we were talking about this. It's like, she's like, are you excited? And just keep keep asking me, like, am I excited? You know, how do I feel? But to your point, Josh, in my mind, I'm like, I'm telling myself, like, just keep it going. Like, just whatever yeah. you're doing, like, like, nothing changes. Especially when, you know, you, you, I mean, you grow up, a woman grows up wanting to be married and have kids and a family. And it's, it's quite honestly the same for a man, a, a good man at that, I'll say. I, I mean, in my mind, I'm just like, let's keep it pushing. Like, let's just keep doing what you're doing when it comes it's going to change a little bit, but you can still continue to do what you want to do. And I guess that kind of validates that question that, that you were asking. It's like, I just want to keep doing the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. But also acknowledging too, like, there, you know, there may be some changes in place and we just got to set ourselves up to kind of prepare. I mean, I guess you can't really truly prepare, but like, you know, when, when we notice like the differences coming up, like let's acknowledge it right then. And like, let's not let nothing linger, because if it lingers, then it can be a whole spiral of craziness. <laughs> the best thing about having a new child is you got a good two years of that being an excuse to get you out of anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it. Right. You could be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just figuring this out. And everybody has empathy because, you know, a lot of people have already been through that path. I know, you know, we were again, we were both finishing school when we had our first child and it would be this thing in the mornings where we drive from Douglasville we drive across the city yeah. over to the east side of Kirkwood to drop my daughter off at my mom's mm-hmm. then drop me off downtown then my wife was going down to Monroe Georgia to go mm. to Clayton State and we were just doing that every day you yeah. know trying to just trying to make it work yeah. and you know scheduling I think is the, the tightest thing yeah, you got to pay for Pampers and, and formula and all that stuff. When you have a supportive community, especially, in which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to have that. And uh, a lot of my family lives in Atlanta. A lot of that stuff was taken care of with baby showers and things. You're good for yeah. several months, you know. Yeah. So a lot of it's just logistics and timing. You really have to play that game of, okay, let me, let me, let's put this into play. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, we missed that a little bit. This, play, this, this didn't work out. And just adjusting on the, on the fly. And Chris, you man, you you got your mind. Your mindset is already already where it needs to be. It's just I don't not not that we don't care. It's just like excited, sad, nervous, whatever. None of that. All of that. All that stuff's temperamental. I'm just trying to. I'm the protector. I'm providing. I'm trying to set the stage for you to be able to be how you're going to be and do what you need to do to really bond with the child. You spoke about child care for a moment, and that's something we were very big on. You know, we've never had any of our children in daycare or anything. And I kind of, I had to take, I, I, I'd say I took a sacrifice initially, but it was an adjustment for me. It took time to adjust because as a musician, as a, a composer, producer, vocal producer, all that stuff, you know, you have to be out late night. You got to yeah. be in the studios. I have to be up creating and I'm a night owl. I like being up till four. So that kind of aligns with the baby being up. But during the day, you know, we got to go get money because we have right. to maintain everything. Yeah. And 
she can't go and get money while you know she's healing or being with the, the child during the day. So I kind of had to change my mindset from being entrepreneurial to sort of you know leveraging that side of you know, get the nine to five, you know, right. get something that maybe provides more of a, a secure um, kind of basis for everything to occur. So she can stay home and just focus on the baby and develop that bond and, and, and raise her. And fortunately, we're still able to do that. You know, I'm not going to say <laughs> there weren't times where it was like, all right, the ship is the ship is sinking. It's a hole in the side of it. We're taking on yeah. water. Yeah. I don't see any way of plugging it. Yeah. But, you know, you come up, you it's get honest. into those situations, you come up with it, you know? You yeah. come up with that solution. And sometimes it takes being on the precipice of ruin to for that solution to just, it shows itself. You're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. You just have to be fearless in the face of that and just stand. Just stand your ground. And it's like, it's going to come, especially because God, as long as you have faith, it, it's always going to come. You're doing Straight the right up. thing. Straight Why up. wouldn't you? you know? yeah. now, fearlessness is definitely key. I think that's slowly becoming one of my favorite character traits. It, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. kind of what I live by. I'm slowly learning that as well. Like, just, I will run away from fear. But that I've I've learned like that is not that ain't gonna help me and it's not gonna help the people around me, you know. So sometimes I just gotta like do it and you know, and easy it's easier said than done. But again, like I know that's something that's gonna allow myself to excel and like again the people the the people around me to do the same. So to say the least, like don't run from it. Just like just dive in. And, you know, just, you know, take a leap of faith. And that's what it's all about. <clears throat> so with that being said, has there been has there ever been any form of uncertainty in wanting a child or being prepared for a child? Absolutely. I'll start with the preparation part. Mm-hmm. I'm a when I want to be, I'm a very studious person. So, you know, I find the authors that are pretty reputable on the subject. I find the good books. I read them and hopefully that prepares me enough to at least be privy to what I will encounter through just the trial and error part, like physical experience. Mm -hmm. None of those books didn't do a damn thing. (laughs) It doesn't mean it means nothing. Which would like, it was like, and, 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 and to prove, to double down on that fact, the second child, it was the exact same experience as the first time. Like the first three, the first three to six months, it was the exact same thing. I was like, "Wait, I did this before. Why would you like? Like, what is going on?" Because they, it's just unique. Every child is unique, and every time you go through it, yeah. things are just different. You know, cravings are different, circumstances are different. Like, it's just wild. There's so there's nothing you can truly do to prepare. And there's something kind of comforting in that to me. That means like, oh, so I don't have to work that hard to really be trying to get something in place that yeah it's, it's almost futile for me to do so i can focus my time and okay my energy is elsewhere right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um as far as imagining having a child i you know my grandmother always says every time she sees me josh oh if you would, who would have thought you know thinking this far out who would have mm-hmm. thought i saw you being da, da, da. i was like yeah you know i when you're young you may have sometimes i had a had a phase where i was like Maybe I just won't have children. You know, I can, you know, I can just be selfish. I can Uh just do what I want to do. I can, you know, my, I can shower my wife and everything 
possible and that could be my show to the world or my selflessness right and Mm -hmm. take care of my family get all my get my family straight and i'm good but that really started to shift as i you know i worked with as a lifeguard as a swim coach through my through my late teen years up to some of my early 20s just working with them to just teaching them how to swim essentially yeah you know then you know you mentor some kids at the pool you got your favorites you know the knuckleheads and i have a good time but that kind of it, it gave me a rapport with children innately. Even I, I did some, even some babysitting. I broke into that for a while. Uh, babysitting a few professors, children, and you know, just really leveraging that to create opportunities when I was like eighteen to twenty ish, right? And then I had a I had a moment where, you know, I'd I'd work with them intensely, and I get down off the stand or I walk away from the pool. I have fifteen minutes down. I go and write down whatever lyrics I was memorizing while I was working with them, write it yeah. down, yeah. and then go back to doing what I do with them. Uh-huh. And then one day I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything else because a, I wasn't really like living. I wasn't going out and experiencing beyond kind of I guess um, shaping my skill set for the children. And two, they're draining. Yeah. Children are a drain. They are a huge drain, and. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. It could be an investment or a drain. They weren't my children. um, And I wasn't working with them for the long term. So it was more of a drain than an investment. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, nah, I I just stopped. I was like, I gotta, I can't do this. I gotta commit to music a, you know, full on. Next summer, I ended up in, I'm in Italy composing in castles and performing uh, classical music all over the place. Right. And just experiencing that, I was like, well, maybe being away from the children thing was maybe it's it's worth it. But having children, there's something so that there's a value that you get as a father or as a mother, as a parent yeah. that nobody else could ever. I, I know a lot of people, you know, they say yeah, pets is, you know, pets, pets are like children to, to some extent. But there's just a, a gravitas that comes with being a parent that can't be sold it can't be purchased and there's a value that you're able to give back to your community and you with the perception right uh-huh. um, i wouldn't i wouldn't trade that for the world so they're still draining right of course, of course. but you have to grow <laughs> and you adjust to them and you find your ways of still doing you yeah while while helping them become them mm-hmm. you know that's the most important it's the most important job is making them become them, helping them right. shape them, letting them explore and experience all these different things, loving on them. Uh-huh. Uh, but you still have your dreams and aspirations. You still have your, your hustles. You still have your, your, your and you got to yeah. find, you got to figure out that way. Make the time, you know, uh-huh. how can I get it done? You know what I mean? Yeah. All the practice. What, like, what was the age? What was, what ages were you working with? Oh, I was working with everybody from four up to adults really okay um, and the just like <laughs> like now I, I talk about the kids all the time I'm, I'm a i'm a kindergarten i teach kindergarten through eighth grade music right now how fun and, yeah it's, it can be fun but then sometimes it's like there are those classes that i can imagine myself walking out the door and never coming back because it's like it's like that they can children can children can get you like can push those ooh. buttons you didn't know you had Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? What was some, or what is some uncertainty, or where was there any uncertainty 
about having kids or wanting. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever really been nervous to. Oh, I, I I take that back. Again, college, um, high school, of course. Like I didn't want to have kids because of obvious reasons. But like outside of that, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I was ever nervous. I think the biggest, like my nerves now, like I said, just comes from, like Josh said, he has family here. Like we moved here, two thousand seventeen, and yeah, it's just us and and a few friends. But I mean, that's that's about it. So that is kind of like one of my worries but yeah I, I think I think that's it I don't know I feel like I got a lot of love to give and I have a lot of I have a lot of things to like teach and I mean Jay you've seen like I, I had nieces and nephews and yes. a bunch of little cousins like my family is basically kids and I, was, <laughs> I don't think any one of those kids hate me or have ever hated me Not but they all, all love and they grow up and then they they call and like my little cousin went to college and you know he calls me probably every other day just asking for advice and things like that so and I've watched him grow from one year so yeah so to that point I've always been good with kids and I'm not necessarily nervous about actually having a, a baby or you so you've always been pretty certain like yeah I know I'm gonna have my own little crew yeah and you know, I'm gonna be a hell of a dad for sure I think so, for sure. I can second that. That's what I always admired about you. Just just how you are with, you know, your nieces, cousins, well, our nieces and cousins and stuff. I'm just like, just so sweet. I'm the last, the last cousin or the last grandchild, if you will, on both sides mm-hmm. of my family. So, yes, I mean, every, everyone has seen that. Everyone is always asking. Of course, me and Jai have been engaged for three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah. And so people always ask, like, you know, you know how black families are. It's like, when you going to have kids? When you going to get married? And it's like, That should know. definitely <laughs> be another episode because I got yeah. so many, <laughs> so much feedback for that. Oh, yeah. But I was going to say something. I would say for me... Well, I'm not a dad, but I just want to kind of give my two cents. Definitely uncertainty, you know, more so because I would I would definitely say like my upbringing or like my environment. That was something that I'm just like, mm, I'm going to definitely wait on that because it wasn't always it wasn't always stability. So that was something I always like wanted to make sure when I have a child, like like we got it, we going to have it. You know, we going to make sure all these things are set in stone. All these things are set in place. But, like, the more that, you know, Chris and I have been together, like, I had to be reminded, like, he's my partner. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't have to take on every single thing. And, you know, he's told me quite a few times, like, Jaya, like, let me be a man. Like, let me, let me do this for you. I'm like, okay. But I don't know. It's, you know, it's. It's very nerve-wracking to think about, you know, bringing a child into into the world. But I would say, like, it really does make a difference if you have a supportive partner by your side. And so, like, if you, you know, to kind of just, you know, share those doubts or share those feelings, but also get reassured, like, shit is going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We have so, you know, so much, we do have a lot of support now that, like, We've let it be known after we shared, like, we're expecting, like, we do have a lot of support, so I'm grateful for that. But I don't know. This may be a part two. We'll keep y'all posted when baby actually gets here. <laughs> for sure. 
And I think you, I think you and V would have a, a really good conversation. I definitely want to do like a mom's edition. I would love to do that. That'll be like next for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be next. So for you, I will say this is this question is for you, Josh. So of course, for those who don't know, Josh has a new baby boy. So congrats to you, Josh. Can you kind of share like your own personal story about uncertainty or having of having your newest addition? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we we recently moved down to Savannah in <clears throat> April, and my wife was mm, say six months along at the time, and came down here for multiple reasons, but. Once we got settled, or so we thought we were settled, uh, yeah. she still wanted to have our final child up in up in Atlanta at Northside. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up, y'all, Northside's the best in the world at I've everything. I've heard so many things, like, yeah. I've heard. Best okay. in the world. Like, absolute best. Okay. And so we go back for our, for her prenatal appointments, bi-weekly, monthly at the time, but it was a month from switching to bi-weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it was May 27th, and we went up for an appointment. And whenever we go up there, you know, I book a room or whatever for a few nights. I may drop the other kids off at uh, my, my son Zen and my daughter Zane drop, excuse me, my son Zen and my daughter Zoe drop them off at, at my mom's or at her mom. Just so, you know, they can be with the grandparents and we can have some time alone and kind of handle our business. Everything was going smoothly. Dropped her at our appointment. I stopped by the studio when we meet up with my homies, you know, just to chop it up, you know, talk some talk shop a little bit. I uh, walked out and got a call from her. She said, yeah, well, um, yeah, they just said that my fluid was a little low. My amniotic fluid is a little low. And so they're taking me to do a test right now. Yeah. And so it's an emergency. And they're putting me in, they're putting me on bed rest until further notice. So that essentially meant that, you know, she got put in the hospital that day. You know, unbeknownst, we didn't expect that. Right. Um, and that's where she was going to be until the baby came. Mm. And we were... They say that was May. The baby, we, the baby's due date was in August. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So a, what am I gonna do with my other two kids? B, she's she needs me, right? C, I still gotta pay rent and take care of everything down in Savannah. I gotta work, right? We gotta figure that out. Mm-hmm. I have jobs right here. So mm-hmm. what? How are we gonna do it? And I didn't even have time to like feel anything. It was just extreme problem solver mode. You know, it was like. I remember that time I got put in the back of that cop car, instantly just went into, okay, yeah. <laughs> calculating. All right, this, this. Okay, as soon as I get there, I do this. Blah, blah, blah. Making, trying to create the most efficient path to success. What ended up happening, you know, I would come down to Savannah for the during the week and go back up uh, to Atlanta, or excuse me, come down to Savannah for the weekends and I, I stay in Atlanta during the week. And I was able to consolidate a lot of my work to the weekends. I do some stuff up in Atlanta, some, find some ways to hustle a little bit and just to make things happen. And my kids left them with my with the grandparents. That fell apart eventually because they're older and they yeah. don't have babies in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely want to just a, just a note. Definitely want to set up boundaries with anyone that's watching your children. Boundaries for them, not boundaries for yourself, but boundaries for them. You know, because they are approaching it with complete love and altruism and selflessness. And it's like, no, you need some time. You need to understand, like, you're yeah. going to need some rest, too. I know my kids, like, you're going right. to need a break, right? You're going to need a break before you break, honestly. Right. You know? But anyway, she was in the hospital until the beginning of June. It was when my son came. He, he was born prematurely two months early. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't expect that. We thought, you know, he was going to go to term because there was nothing, there was nothing happening. Yeah. There was no problems, thank God, right? Yeah. So when that happened, now he has to be in the NIC until his original due date, which is August. So mm-hmm. now he's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. My wife has been discharged. And so that, that emotional rift right there was probably, that was, that was something of magnitude I could never have imagined. You know, yeah. of course, you know, there's other things you're uncertain about. You know, we've, we have miscarried before. And, you know, so you, you're kind of on guard for that. Right. You're also on guard for just health things. Like you never know something could developmentally, something could happen. Right. Um, and then you're on guard for death because that's, that's also feasible yeah. death for the yeah. mother. You know what I'm saying? And you want to always, I think as a, as a father, those are the primary things I got in mind. Mm-hmm. I I know you got cravings. I know you cramping. I know you puking. I know you got morning sickness. All that stuff is, we can mitigate that. That's, that's easy. I got mm-hmm. you with that. Mm-hmm. But this other stuff that you don't really have the time to think about because you're dealing with your body and you, you have a human being, you know, absorbing half of your energy daily and that's developing with you. I need to make sure that y'all are going to be good. Right. And so that stuff was like on the, you know, after two pregnancies, I'm like, okay, I can kind of get through it. But this one, I was just like, I don't know what, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's, what's going to happen or where things are. And so I had to put myself in that place of like, yeah. what if I do lose her? What if, like, what am I going to do if it's just me and my three? Right. Or, you know, what if we lose him? You know, what mm-hmm. am I going to, like, how are we going to deal with that? Mm-hmm. And what's, What's the approach? What's the plan for that? Mm-hmm. And just having to do that plan, like having to go, having to walk through that, you know. And it was a struggle, and I didn't, I, I couldn't show any emotion, you know. Jai and C, they <laughs> like Josh, how you doing, Josh? You need to, Josh, we got you. And I'd be like, no, I'm good. like I'm good. I can't, man. like I can't say anything as a man. Like we just don't, because as soon as we say something, as soon as we show, as soon as we pull the armor open yeah. and show you like what's really going on. Everybody starts going crazy. Oh my God, I can't believe you've been. No, you got to come. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I'm going a, I'm to a chill and handle this. And then once we're through it, I can divulge and share with you kind of what my thoughts and feelings may have been, <laughs> you know? But yeah, we did that until, until August, until the end of August, actually, because he stayed a little bit beyond. And we finally got him home at the end of August. And, you know, I let a lot of stuff fall to the side during that time because mm-hmm. my family's number one. You know, my family's number one. Of course. You know, I let the bullshit fly. It just, it was like, whatever. Cool. Oh, that's, okay, bet. I'll catch up on that later. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Oh, I'm missing out on this. Okay, fine. Whatever. Just laser focus, just really sticking to that routine, taking him his breast milk every week, you know, making sure he was fed, making sure just to spend time with, and he doesn't just have nurses in his memory. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The nurses were sure. phenomenal. That was the sure. best thing. They were they were phenomenal. They were fantastic. They communicated with us. It, it was exemplary. But yeah, that was that was very very uncertain time, and I'm just blessed. I'm I'm so blessed and grateful to be through it. You know, it's a, it's an experience that a lot of people, I guess, don't go through. Yeah. And you know, that puts me in a privileged position to be able to kind of guide people and prepare people for things like for this. Sure. Because it's not something I ever heard of with the first two pregnancies. I never even thought of, conceived of it, heard of it. I didn't hear any stories from anyone, mm-hmm. but as soon as I went through it, I've been meeting a plethora of other parents who are like, oh yeah, my baby was in the NICU for X, Y, Z, da, da, da. Oh yeah, we had the da, 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 you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, you know, like attracts like or the law of attraction, whatever you may call it, that, um, 
how things occur that way. But yeah, it was just another thing to be prepared for. So if we were to have another child. It's the one thing that you're going to be thinking about. <laughs> that's one thing I'm going to be ready for. It's like, uh-huh. okay, that can, we could go that way too. Um, but now we kind of know the, we know what causes that. And essentially it's that they do not recommend having children within a year of each other or within a year and a half of each other. Zen was born in February of 2020. So right before COVID and she got pregnant at the end of that year in that December. Right. So we were working, you know, y'all wasn't playing no games. Cook, I cook, man. You know, I cook. Um, but the games are, are, I'm done now. I'm retired. I'm Nick Saban. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I, I, I'm, I'm you say now. so. Yeah, I, I say so. I need to do something with certainty. It was very uncertain. I didn't, I, of course, I didn't realize it, but it was. No, we was. need to hear these things because, again, like you just, you just never know. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many things that. Um, can happen during pregnancies that, again, like people don't talk about these things and people end up, you know, in this process alone <clears throat> when they don't have to be. But I mean, I guess, you know, to each his own, because sometimes you may not know how to, you know, you don't know, you don't know how to verbalize these things or you don't even know if like you're going to get the responses that you're hoping to receive from people. But <clears throat> I would say definitely it's definitely important for us to, for us to hear these things because, like I said, we just we never know, we never right. know. So, in terms of like your thoughts, so well, and this is a question for you and Chris. How do you guide your thoughts and not compare with other experiences when things aren't panning out the way you sh- the way that you feel like they should? I never really have an idea of how I think things should go. You know, I have a I have an ideal. I guess you know, here's the optimal conclusion and then I'm very flexible as far as how that can go mm-hmm. I just hope that things at least make it to like something that is sufficient right if it gets to optimal great you know if it doesn't great as yeah. long as everything goes you know according to uh, the conclusion the plan is just going to be what it is you know life is life and we make adjustments on the fly but it's more so kind of leading, you know, leading my wife to understand that the plan doesn't have to go as we discussed or as we may expect. And maybe it's even better not to have expectations what we're supposed to do and then just make it to the end of the time. Yeah. You know, kind of leaving it in that, leaving it in that sense, you don't have to get so wrapped up in if, if the path to your results is looking the way that if it's, if it's not looking the way that you thought it would, now you, you you become more concerned and things seem more uncertain. But honestly, again, every child's different. So many things, crazy things can happen. You just, you just one foot in front of the next, yeah. do what you know, follow the, follow the <laughs> script, follow the playbook mm-hmm. and get to the, get to the, the red zone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Get that touchdown. It'll be done. You know? Yeah. Now, I think the cool thing about the plays is like, they always change. And so, like you said, it's, it's like you have that end goal in mind, if you will, but then you also know that you have to get up every single day and, and, and work toward, you know, work to get it. And it's just like, I mean, using like GPS, you know, I may be going downtown, but then traffic may happen yeah. and reroute. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's just the way kind of like, I guess that I got my thoughts. And then also realizing that like Josh had something earlier, like nothing, nothing else. So I feel like once you realize what actually matters. Yeah easier to guide your thoughts because a lot of shit that we worry about does not even matter it's literally not important at all all. um so i mean once once you let that go then 
it just is what it is. And you know what I'm saying? You, you work to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that you do on a daily basis. And you start to trust. And you start to enjoy the journey. Yeah. There's really no, there's no, I don't think there's any such thing as like an end goal. Cause once you get there, you're always going to want more, especially if For it's sure. like something tangible or materialistic. For sure. I always tell my clients, like, you know, for those who are so like stricklers of like having that control, which is, you know, by the way, it's like very unrealistic to control every single thing. I put into terms like, you know, life is going to, you know, it's going to throw things at us. But like the end goal is kind of like not to break. We can be flexible. Like we can kind of just go with the flow and kind of like you know, go with wherever life is taking us. But like the end goal is to not break. And that's the thing about being flexible. I mean, you know, and also like just acknowledging too that things are there, there's going to be things that are out of our control. So we can only focus on the things that we can control, which is ourselves and how we respond to, you know, whatever situations come, come about. But yeah, the end goal is to not break. You can be flexible. You can be flexible. Very good, guys. All right, so you know I have to throw in like a mental health question. So with that being said, with having a newborn or about to have a newborn, how are y'all going to protect your mental? Or how do you protect your mental? I fortunately <laughs> won a raffle recently. Won a uh, raffle? I won a raffle, right? So okay. I have been... I, at the beginning of the summer, I had a few goals, a few athletic goals. One was to start surfing down here. Two was okay. to train for a triathlon, right? Nice. And I began the path to both of those. Of course, with what happened, it just all fell to the side. Most mm-hmm. of it did. Mm-hmm. The triathlon, I came pretty close to, but I got an opportunity to run a 5K. So I just ran the 5K. Yeah. And I, I, at the end of the 5K, they had a bunch of, you know, the boots and the breakfast. I entered a raffle. And I won a one-hour session for a hyperbaric oxygen chamber treatment. Like a 300-buck treatment or something. And, of course, the people that get this stuff, they're doing it once a week. You know, LeBron probably got one of these in his crib, uh-huh. right? <laughs> but, you know, well, for those who I, don't know what that is, like, what is that? It's, well, I sent my wife to do it. I, I honestly, I didn't even, Man. I didn't even do it. I sent her. I was like, I was like, well, you, you know, mm-hmm. you've been holding me down. You've been taking care of everybody. Like yeah. you're the champ. People always say, oh, Josh, you doing da da. It's like, man, I'm, I'm here for the ride. She's she's doing her thing. Yeah. I'm just here to support and catch her if catch whatever and do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's so thorough. You know, she's a bad bitch, and that's mm-hmm. just is what it is. And I In let the most that. respectful way. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, too. <laughs> Good time. Yeah, I sent her there. So I try and make sure if she doesn't prioritize because she's you know dealing with the three children most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, she stay at home. She stay at home mom. Yeah. I try and prioritize and make sure I plan out, okay, I'm going to send her to go and just go for, on this day. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get that in before that before that time comes where you're at your wits end or you're, you're about to begin, the stress starts building up. Myself, I, again, music, you know, music's my primary outlet. So on the weekends now, especially, or in the evenings, if I'm up with a Zane at night, I feed him from like 1.30 to like 4. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll stay up till five feeding while I'm feeding him, put him back to sleep. I'll start, you know, making some stuff. I'll start doing some writing, maybe just studying some videos on YouTube, just making sure I'm doing what, you know, my calling and my purpose is whenever I have that time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be, I'm up anyway, right? And I'll get to sleep back during the day when I come home from, you know, and she's prepared everything and everything, you know, the kids are doing their routine. I, I can take a nap. I can take an opportunity to take a nap at that time. And mm-hmm. it's about just having each other's back, you know, doing that, giving 110% to each other. Right. Then it's almost like you're giving 10% and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know. Another thing is making sure that we are conversing just about housekeeping stuff, just talking about stuff. Just talking, just running, just running our mouths. It could be about any old thing. It could be about the IG timeline. It could mm-hmm. be about just making sure we're talking because children become, they can become an impediment to your relationship. Yeah. Because it's, it's a thing in between you and you're focused, you both are focused on that thing. Y'all aren't focused on each other as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very cognizant of, okay, I got to, I got to make sure we connect, like we going to connect right now or you know what let's lose an hour of sleep let's stay up put them to sleep let's stay up you know watch a movie or watch half of a movie you know what i'm saying just share some music with each other you know text she'll text me links to things you know we'll we'll call her when i have an opportunity just really trying to really value that time that making making those little moments for quality time yeah because as y'all already know time is the most valuable asset we have and you really, the value of it becomes way more apparent once you have a child because you don't have as much as you had before. Right. It just, it vanishes. But you become so much, you, you magically become way more, you have more quality time. You know, I can spend 15 minutes making something and it's almost like I spent two hours back when I was 22. Yeah. So all that, all those little micro moments, they really matter and they mean something. And they make a difference, you know, talking to each other, being just being kind to each other, checking in on each other and making sure that not only you have alone time, but that each of you has individual time with the children or the child. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the child is, is there's several types of bonding. You know, there's a bonding of me and them, me and V about the children. Yeah. There's a bonding of me with a couple of them. There's the, there's a group with me and just one of them. Right. I just took Zoe with me to run some errands before. Uh, this so apologies. That's why I had I needed an extra four minutes. No, you can. Um, but you know, I take her with me sometimes because she needs that one on one as well. I can't take V with me by by myself until we get a sitter or we find a way mm-hmm. to, or we trust somebody down here to watch them because we don't right. really we don't trust people with our kids except our mothers really, mm-hmm. and we just we haven't found any other way. So we just we we have our date nights how we can now. Earlier, you know, a while ago, we used to definitely have more date nights when it was just one child. It was easy to drop, you know, drop the baby off and go eat some Ethiopian. That's something we like to do. You know, just, (laughs) there you go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Making sure you're very intentional about those simple things that you already are doing, you know, to build a beautiful relationship and Mm -hmm. to build that foundation for the child. Just Mm -hmm. being intentional about those things and don't let it. Don't let it fall yeah. to the bottom of the priority list, top of the list. Right, right. I like that. That's something that I, I try to focus on. Like you said, like if she's protecting her mental, then I'm 
I'm good. Because then I feel like I feel like we're good because she's also the head or, you know, like not necessarily the, the head of the household, but she, she calls shots. I and mean, I wouldn't be able to do it without her. So as long as she's good, I'm, I'm always fall in line type of thing. But I do want to start therapy. We've talked about this multiple times. I just also procrastinate and, you know, get, getting that thing happening. But I, I do want to start therapy because I don't want to, I don't have a lot of trauma, but I don't want to pass, you know, my things on. To, to my kids. I want them, my goal is for them to have as many perspectives as possible. Yeah. And so to do that, I also need to open my mind up to be able to teach them. And so to, I guess, to answer your question, I do want to go to therapy and I will probably go pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. I mean, it's, it's about like taking an initiative, but also doing the things that you, you know, you can do that you can do in the meantime too, which is like, I, I scheduled Chris a massage I was like, you go, you go do you. Cause you know, I, you know, cause I want to be mindful of like what he's communicating to me and, you know, just practice those things. Cause there may be a time where I don't, and I don't, you know, we don't intend on ha- that happening, but like, it may be a time where we don't hear each other. So we really have to be intentional about like picking up on those cues, you know, taking initiative and making sure you're, you know, you're there for, you know, your partner, we're there for each other. Cause I wouldn't, I would never, cause I'm such a, you know, I'm such a <clears throat> advocate for mental health. So I'm like, okay, what is something like he can do in the meantime before he starts therapy or those kind of things, going on dates, going to movies, taking walks, like y'all <clears throat> working out or being active has been a true struggle. So I'm trying to get back into things that I, that makes me comfortable. So walking has been good, but like walking outside, like it's new, but it's, it's been good and it's been a good way for him and I to bond. So just being creative with those things. And like you say, Josh, not to let it fall by the wayside once, you know, we have a, a little transition going um, by next year. But <clears throat> yeah. yeah, this was good, fellas. Yeah, I really, sure. really, um, really love, I would really love for this well, to incorporate like a mom's perspective soon. So this 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 just kind of sets the tone. But before we kind of wrap up, I do want to end on like a very fun note. So with that being said, this is going to be we're going to play this or that, Daddy Edition. So fellas, girl or boy, what would you prefer? Boy, yes, <laughs> I go first. So Josh already has kids, right? Well, before before they came along, Josh, what were you saying you would want to have first? I was saying I wanted to have a girl first. Really. Yep, I wanted a girl because um, let me tell you, when I found out that we were expecting a girl first, man, it changed my whole. It just changed my whole world. I walked outside and somebody was riding by listening to Gucci. <laughs> Go ahead, and I'm like, no, I was listening to that shit. No, I can't believe it. Like, oh, um, and I, you know, I bought a dozen donuts and sat down just eating donuts, thinking about Damn. all the I've done wrong and women and girls. Oh and like, no. Oh. I gotta tell my mama I'm sorry about this. It's just like it just it gave me a kind of it jogged me in a direction that I I really appreciated. I don't know. I, well, I do know. So there's a lot of girls or women in my family. It's probably like five or six guys or men boys. Uh-huh. So yes, yeah, so I just wanna I just wanna have a another boy to be able to keep the legacy going. Because I mean, Amen. eventually everyone gets married and then everything changes. That's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I, 
I'm pretty, I don't know. Like, I'm open to either, but I called it. I was like, Chris, I would love for you to be a girl dad. Because, again, like, I just see how well how he is with me and how he is with, you know, the women in his family. I'm just like, yeah, like, you, you we, we need a daughter so she can, you can be her first love. <laughs> but, okay, morning shift or night shifts? I feel like they're the same. Chris, yeah, get out. Hard. Oh, Josh just said that he he's feeding from midnight till four a.m. Like that, like that night shift. Like is that night shift? Because we have a that's a good point. But I guess like night shift, yeah, night shift would be like you said the twelve to four, and I'm thinking morning would be like kind of like early morning, like six and on up, six eight. I'll take the night shift. Thanks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did that morning shift one time recently. And it threw off my whole. It almost mm-hmm. threw out the whole week because it was like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do what I needed. He didn't want to. He wanted to do his thing the way he does. The, the babies do what they what they want to do. How they're gonna do it? Yeah. He decided he didn't want to go back to sleep. You know, he's just gonna be up and Gosh. we're up now. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I gotta get ready, man. I gotta get dressed. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, but that that night shift is. I love it. It's quiet. Intimate, you know. I hear you. Okay. Really, really That's a know. good point. Maybe, maybe night shift. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with night shift for now. Chaboo. Yeah, creative. Chaboo. I'm also like, like full. I'm thinking about like work because again, like there's, there's no one here, so I don't know if, if you take the baby to work or if I strap him to my chest and take him to the office with me. You know, I don't know. It's just those things. Yeah. That that, I, that I'm thinking about. Yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to figure out right there. I know, I know, I know. That's something to talk about. Okay, cleaning up poop or cleaning up throw up. Oh, throw up, easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I don't know. Y'all give it. Y'all give me one. This or that. Mm. Here's one. Okay. Here's one to think about. Girl hair or boy hair. Ooh. Definitely, I would say girl hair for sure. Right. I would say girl hair. Okay. That's dope. What about you, Chris? Um, <laughs> I guess sleeping with you or, or in their own room. No, you got to do the hair. Answer oh. the hair first. <laughs> you get right to the... This is yeah, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more analytical. <laughs> I need to know. I need to... <laughs> is it... Are we, I guess boy hair. Cause I and I say girl hair because Chris always say like, do not give my son a fucking haircut before the age yeah. of four. Until okay. he can say like, I I want to fade or you know I I want a haircut. Like all of my friends have they like they have haircuts. Like I don't know. You grow up in the. I'm pretty sure Josh, you did too. Your dad take the clippers <laughs> and everything comes off. I don't right. think that's fair. I don't I don't think that's cool at all. Right. Like that, that should, that should not be done. I mean, just being, a, I, I like to go against the grain too. And you know, you grow up in the church, and it's like, oh, that, why does that boy have yeah. have locks, or why does that boy have braids? Girls have braids, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just like to, to kind of, like I say, go against the grain, do things differently. So you. either either or, but probably boy hair. Gotcha. Okay. Girl hair, you gotta do a little too often. That's true. That girl hair is hard to deal with too. Yeah. <laughs> When I had to figure out how to do that girl hair, I was like, Oh, Josh, you do. Oh, yay. Oh, Chris, you're going to have to, if we do have a girl, 
Yeah, I did it for like two months. <laughs> I had to. I did it for like two months, and it was terrible. <laughs> I had my baby out here crazy, man. <laughs> That's honest. At least you got to feel for it, though. At least you got to feel yeah, for I, it. I never feel it again. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> okay, Chris. Well, now go ahead and answer yours. Yeah, in the bed, your bed, or their own bed. <sighs> it depends. It depends on how the baby responds. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with their bed. I'm gonna go with the baby bed. But I know it's gonna take a lot of work on our end to kind of like uh, have them adjust to that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I watch a lot of little videos. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I want I want them in their own beds, but they don't want to be in their own yeah. beds. Yeah. My son, my son's in, he's, he's about 18 months now. He only wants to be in his own bed. He does Zen's not want to be 18 months, Zen. Yeah. Yeah, Zen will be two in February. I'm thinking about Zane. I'm thinking about Zane. Sorry. Okay. Just kidding. And he, he sleeps in his, he sleeps in his crib. He's good. You say he'll, he might pop up crying a little bit. You say lay down, he'll lay down. It's done deal. Mm-hmm. Zoe doesn't play any of those games. We got a whole princess room made up for her. And she will not, she won't stay mm-hmm. in her room. Mm-hmm. She's in our bed, in the middle of the bed, spread out. Mm-hmm. So I'm sleeping, half of my butt hanging off the bed. Well, she's <laughs> older, but like as far yeah. as like baby, baby, how did y'all, um, how did you do it? Or like, what would you? We Well, you want them, I can, so me, I sleep like a rock, honestly. I'm, I'm asleep like a baby. With yeah. the, but V, because as a new mother, Every little noise you hear, you're you're up. You're like, is he okay or is she okay? Or yeah. You're you're on it. Yeah. And so having the baby further away, not only would you be kind of worried, right? As a mother, I can imagine, you just you be having to get up and go check if you had a monitor. You're getting up and going to check every like 15 minutes. Having the baby right next to you, like directly next to your bed or even in bed with you, mm-hmm. it gives you more autonomy and control. You know, you can. Can handle your business until they get to a certain age. Yeah. Then you can put them off in the crib and kind of separate it a bit more. I think. Yeah. But again, yeah. every baby, every baby's different. Yeah. So, ain't no time. Note it. Keep it up here. No, that's what I was gonna say too. To start, I guess I, I would want the baby to start. Sorry, to start in the bed with me. I think. Gosh, y'all. Sorry, that makes sense. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Definitely will. Until next time, y'all. So, with that being said, like I said, we're wrapping up. So, to our mental to our mental moment family, thank you guys for tuning in and listening and watching. Like I said, we have Mr. Josh and Chris on the show, and thank y'all for like giving you know seasoned dad versus new dad perspectives because I think it's definitely something, especially like in Black communities, we need to see more Black fathers involved. So, I love to. I love that I was. We were able to have you guys. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, Thanks y'all, good. and tune in next time to a Mental Moment podcast with Jaya and C filling in for Cito. Love you guys. We thank you for all the continued support and tuning in to Mental Moment podcast every Wednesday at twelve noon Eastern Standard Time. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Rate our podcast and leave us a comment of how you enjoyed the show. And as always, join our community on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
We hope you enjoy the episode. And until you hear from us again, this is Jaya and C on a Mental Moment podcast. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Take a breather before you blow it. Don't hold it in. Posture or pretend. Just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. Take a second and you'll notice. Free your time. Ease your mind. Stay in tune with what's brewing inside. A mental moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. A mental moment. With Jaya and C.